verses that we've studied over this past year, and I thought that we'd do a little bit of review, but also uh, apply this to our graduates, because this idea of the way, the truth, and the life is important to them. Now, they may not hear anything that I say today, but take these uh, these uh, things home with you, the bulletins home. And over the years, uh, just make yourself a promise that every couple of years you want to pull that out and just read through that, see who you graduated with, see what it is that we talked about today, and see if it might help you uh, in your walk with the Lord. Because our goal is to talk about walking the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus, and that was our theme for this year, Way Truth Life for 2022. And today we want to apply it to Way Truth Life uh, for our grads, because our grads are actually, uh, they may not want to, but they are being forced to make a choice, not to get out of the house or, you know, anything like that. Now, that may be true for some of the grads, but for all of our grads, they have to make a choice uh, especially when they're graduating from high school. Now, you may not want to make that choice, and you may think you can put it off, but you can't. Right now, within the next few months, you are going to make a choice that's going to guide and direct you for the rest of your life. So if you're a graduate, I want you to listen very carefully as we talk about this, because you're going to pick the path upon, what you're, uh, on, upon which you will walk at least for the next 20 years. And in those 20 years, you are going to be promoting some kind of principles which support the lifestyle that's powered by the promise that you think is going to bring you the best life possible. Now, all of us go through that. And it's important that you decide right now that you want to take a path that you choose that includes the Lord Jesus. Now, I, I've shared this illustration before, but I've got a brother named Scott. We've gone, we were born in the same community, went to the same church, same Sunday school, uh, same teachers, all the way from grade school through high school. When Scott graduated from high school, he went, he chose a path that did not uh, honor the Lord Jesus. I chose a path that honored the Lord Jesus. In that first few months after he graduated, really even before, he started down this path that he would admit today was destructive and very, very complicated. He went through marriage, divorce. Uh, he had a child. Um, and uh, if you talk to the, that situation today, it's never really been a peaceful kind of situation for him. He got involved with drugs. He went to jail for a little while. And it wasn't until he got older that he realized that he was making some mistakes. And so he tried to get out of it, and he tried to get back to the Lord. So he joined a support group and found a preacher down there that could be encouraging to him. He went on mission trips, did things like that. And I'm thankful that he came back. But he would admit to you that for that 20 years after he graduated from high school, that path that he chose those first three months probably made him more miserable than he needed to be. Now, compare that to Mikey. This is the Scotty Mikey illustration. So I'm Mikey and Scotty's my brother. Mikey, right out of high school, I chose to follow the path of the Lord. Uh, Liz and I got married, but we always had the same vision for serving the Lord, having a family, raising them in the Lord. 
Uh, I went to Bible college and um, for 40 years now have been preaching and serving the Lord um, and, and being blessed by him. Now, <clears throat> you might think that you can, you can beat the odds, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can mess around for a while and maybe choose a path that is not with Jesus or the wisest path to go and that you'll survive and maybe we'll come back. But I've just seen it way too often. What you choose to do in the next few months is going to determine your joy or your misery for the next 20 years. Now, that's why I want to encourage you to make a decision to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Because that actually protects you as it guides you to the best possible life you can have here on this earth. Now, I would encourage you, if you know someone, you've got a good friend, someone that you can trust... And you ask them, okay, what about your life? They might tell you, well, I did get off the path for a while, and it was miserable, and I didn't make good decisions, and now I'm trying to get back. But, man, I'd love to have those years back where I was serving the Lord and enjoying being blessed by him. The best gift that I can give to you is the, the way, truth, and life for you. And this year we talked about Jesus as the way, truth, of life, and death. Death, <clears throat> we're going to review some of that quickly to help you because we've studied the Bible together as we've explored Jesus, Jesus as the excellent way of love, the enlightened truth of obedience, and the eternal life of joy. And that's why I want to encourage you to pick your path wisely, to promote your principles willingly, and do that as you're powered by God's promise wonderfully. Let's break this down for you. First of all, Let's talk about the absolute excellent way of love. I want you to pick your path wisely. Like I said, you've got a few months here. You're going to be setting the tone and the direction for your next 20 years. And I want to encourage you to pick that path wisely because if you don't pick the right path, you're going to end up in a rut. You're going to end up in a rut. You know what a rut is? A rut is what happens when the ground's wet and you're trying to drive through it and your car sinks down in it and then you get in it so far that you can't get out, get stuck, and then you get in a rut. And you might be, good, be able to go forward a little bit, but you can't go any further. Then you go back a little bit, but you can't go, and you can't go to the right or the left because why? You're stuck in a, stuck in a rut. Now, when I was a kid, my dad loved to go get in ruts because we had a little CJ3A, a Jeep. And we called it mud back in those days. We'd go out and we'd get stuck in the mud. And then he'd use his four-wheel drive and his, his uh, skilled abilities to try to get out of that rut use, just using the truck. But sometimes we'd get so far in, and uh, normally it was when we were up to the axle uh, where you couldn't, that's, you, it's hard to, you, can, you can't move forward or backward when your axle is stuck. You had to get some help. And the only way that you could get out is to use the winch. You know, now, they have electric winches today where you take a cable and you put it around a tree or something, and then you use the power of that winch to pull you far enough out of the rut to get you where you need to go. Or, in one case, we had to, when our winch, uh, the cable on it broke, snapped right off, and it was a good thing it didn't take off somebody's head. 
we, uh, we had a friend who was out with us, and he pulled us out uh, graciously, and thankfully he was there. Otherwise, we would have had to walk back to town, and we would have been stuck. So here's the, here's the illustration. Here's the lesson. If you don't pick your path wisely, you are either going to be stuck in a rut where you're going to have to winch yourself out. You're going to have to grind yourself out over time. Or you're going to have to call for help from someone, a professional or uh, people that uh, love you and care about you. And they're going to have to try to pull you out. They're going to have to use their energy to try to bring you out of that rut. Now, let me ask you this question. Is that really what you want for your future, to be stuck in a rut? And then just trying to grind yourself out, wearing yourself out every day, or having other people around you have to wear themselves out every day to get you out of that rut. That's why it's important for you to pick your path wisely. And the Bible is very clear. It says just make sure your path follows the way of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13 is a good path you can follow. And we talked about that this year in the month of February. We talked about the loving way of proper perspective in which... Uh, Paul teaches us to always understand that it's about love and that if you don't have love, you don't have anything at all. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men, of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all to all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then he goes on to talk about what love is. But we have to have this perspective of love that it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have love, you have nothing. And if you're stuck in that mud, if you're in a rut because of the decisions you've made over the next few months and you're caught in them for the next 20 years... And you're having to grind it out or ask people that you love for help. The only way you're going to overcome is love. So why not just avoid it and just live by love right now? Choose the loving way of proper perspective of love. Because love is patient. That's what we learned that next week in February. We're loving way of purposeful patience. First Corinthians says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Here it talks about that dealing with the people who are around us. And many times it is the influence of those people, especially when you go off after these first few months after high school, And you get involved with that crowd that influences you away from what is true love and into things that are um, going to put you in that rut of discouragement. Love is patience, kind. It does not boast, not proud, doesn't dishonor, it's not self-seeking, it doesn't get angered. The idea about love is it's supposed to keep us in that balance of life where everything around us is blessed by God. Talk about my... Comparison to my brother Scotty, when God blessed me with my wife Elizabeth, this is this has been especially true in what you learn in loving someone who loves the Lord just like you do. It just increases your ability to love one another and grow together in Christ. And we celebrate forty-three years of marriage this week. 
happy anniversary, sweetheart. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to celebrate on the beach in Florida. But we celebrate 43 years this, this year uh, on the 8th. And I can't, I, I, it, it hasn't always been easy. Sometimes it's difficult, but because love is patient and it follows this path of God, it's always been a blessing to us. Right, baby? She agrees. <clears throat> Third thing we talked about was the loving way of powerful principle. Love does not delight in evil. Uh, but rejoices with the truth. Here is another indication of what true love will guide you to. It doesn't want to take you into the seedy side of life. It doesn't want to take you into those things that are going to be harmful to you, that will use you up, spit you out later on. It's not going to draw you into a rut that you can't get out of because it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. So let that guide you. Don't do things that are evil. It's as simple as that. But do things that rejoice in God's truth. It is simple as that, and you won't get into that rut. The loving way of permanent perseverance is the next bit of advice Paul gives where he says, Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. And, all, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. What he says, the greatest, the, the, the thing that holds all these things together, faith, hope, and love is the love. Love always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it also always perseveres. It never will fail. And let me trust, let me say this to you, that as you head out on this path over the next few months, if you choose to follow the way, the truth, and the life of Christ and the way of love that Jesus offers, you will not fail. Because love never fails. And as long as you stay in God's love and you persevere, it will protect you. You put your faith and your trust in it no matter what's going on. Keep your hope in it no matter what's happening. Because you know if you persevere, it will not fail. It will always work. And you use your faith and you use your hope and you use your love together and let love bind those things together and you will be an overcomer. In the month of March, we talked about truth, way truth life for the grad. We talked about the absolute enlightening truth of obedience and how we need to promote the principles by which we are going to live. And here's why this is important is because I know you have principles. They've been taught to you. They're in your heart. They're in your mind, your parents, your grandparents, your church. We have taught you the principles of truth that you should follow. They're there. But I'm going to tell you that in the next few months, next year at least, somebody's going to try to run over those principles and smash them out of your life. They're going to run you over because they don't care about you. Oh, they may seem to care about you. They may want to be your friend on Facebook or Insta or TikTok or whatever you guys are on these days. Those secret websites or apps you don't want to tell us adults about. So whatever you're on, you're going to have people there that are going to try to run you over. Because they don't really care about you. The thing they're going to do is try to smash your principles so that you don't follow them anymore. Especially if they're godly or they're based in the truth of Christ Jesus. They're going to tell you that they're ancient, they're outdated, they're hateful, they're wrong, they're not on the right side of history. They're going to try to run all that over because they just really don't care about you. Do you know who they do care about? They care about themselves. 
And what they're trying to do is create, create their own little world in which they have the power and they have the rules, so they're going to make up their own power and they're going to make up their own rules. And the only way they can make that work is to drive over you to get there, to have you be subservient to their ideas and their rules and regulations. It's a simple little concept, but don't let anybody do that. Don't let anyone run you over because I'm telling you, if they don't have respect for your belief in Christ Jesus and your love for the Lord Jesus, you don't need them in your life. And that includes a boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't need them. If they won't respect the Lord and they won't, don't respect Christ Jesus in your life, you don't need them. They'll run you over. They'll run over your principles and they will leave you crushed on the side of the road. So make sure that your principles are based in the truth that we find in God's word. And 1 John's a good group of uh, verses, uh, all of the all of 1 John, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. They were very helpful to you about keeping you centered in the truth because the truth ignites the light. That's the first thing we learned in the month of March is it ignites the light in us. From 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Please take that advice and walk in the light of Jesus. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with him and with each other, with our church family with our families at home. And I can't tell you how many families are just rocked and wrecked when a young person leaves the house and goes to college or goes off into the workforce and then they are uh, overcome by the darkness in this world and it just creates havoc within the family. Let the light be ignited in your heart because God is light. There's no darkness in him. So don't let anyone run, run you over with their darkness. Truth also invites the love. 1 John 3.11 says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he's commanded us. This is what he wants you to do. This is what he wants you to spend your time doing, believing in his son and loving each other. That's all he really, that's the most important thing because then it set, it settles everything else. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This completes the law and the prophets. There are going to be people who want to run you over. They want to run over that truth. They're going to condemn you. They're going to try to make you feel bad because you're a Christian, because of what you believe. They're just trying to make up their own rules and regulations and they want to lord it over you. Don't let them do it. Because truth will inspire you if you listen to it. First John 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how you recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which, is, which you have heard is coming and is now already at work in the world. If they're not for Jesus, they're the Antichrist. They may not think that they're the Antichrist. And if there is this kind of, you know, end of times kind of big battle called Armageddon where 
the big Antichrist, big A Antichrist rises up, guess whose side they're going to be on? But John doesn't take it that far necessarily in this illustration. He just says that if they refuse to let you hang on to Jesus and believe in him, acknowledge him as the son of God, they're an antichrist. You don't need them in your life. They will try to run you over with that. They'll try to run you over and say, you don't need Jesus. Jesus isn't real. The Bible's not real. God's not real. Heaven's not real. Hell's not real. They'll say all those things to you. But who are they to say it? They don't know. They have no authority to say that. Jesus died and rose again to prove his authority to tell us these things. We have the scripture that has been handed down for centuries to prove these things to us so we can follow them. And then we learn how truth indicates the life. 1 John chapter 5 deals with this. It says there that uh, uh, truth indicates life. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is the born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. And this how we know that we we that we love the children of God by loving by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that is overcoming the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen, you're in a battle, so know that. Know that there are people out there that are going to try to run you over because they want you to uh, disown the Lord Jesus. But that's the command that we've received. It's not burdensome. Trust me. Going back to the comparison between my brother and myself, it's been a breeze for me compared to him in following the Lord Jesus and him being disobedient. He's been miserable for many, many years, went through a lot of dark times, and he'd be the first one to tell you that. And as a Christian, doesn't mean you don't have obstacles, don't mean that you don't have challenges. But man alive, when I listen to what people go through because of the poor choices that they make, now God has blessed me because I've made choices to be obedient to him. I don't want their life. You don't either. They don't want it, but they want to run you over to get higher because they're desperate. What's the victory that that overcomes the world? It's your faith, kids, your faith in Jesus. So hang on to him. Then we also turn and learn about the absolute eternal life of joy. If you want to have a life that you can count on, it's a wonderful life. It is found in the joy that comes through serving Christ Jesus, powered by your promise that God has made to you, that he is going to see you through. Now, Shannon's going to talk about the next couple of weeks, this context of what God has blessed you with as he looks at Philippians 4 and, and Jeremiah 29. And you should be familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11, about God's plans for us because we spent a whole year talking about Jeremiah. And you're familiar with Philippians 4 where he's working all things together, for, or, or that he, all things are possible through him. So come listen to that. But today, hear this. You're either going to be powered by the promise of God, his absolute life of joy, and this is a guarantee, a promise he makes to us, or just be prepared. There's going to be a wreck. You are going to crash and you're going to burn. It's imminent. If you try to live your life without God, you try to live your life without Jesus, you're building your house on what? Sand. And when the rains come and the floods rise and the The wind blows. What's going to happen to that house built on the sand? It's going to crash. Now, some people say, God, why'd you do this to me? And God says, why didn't you listen to me? 
I told you that if you built your house on the sand, there's a crash coming. But a lot of people, there's, Lord, oh, Lord, why? Why are you doing this to me? And there are some instances where innocent people do suffer through things, but often their faith sees them through that. But it's the ones who made poor decisions and didn't follow the Lord Jesus, and they're suffering and reaping what they sow. And then they ask the Lord, Lord, why is my life such a mess? He says to them, you haven't followed me. There was always going to be a wreck because you've been living reckless. So make sure that what you are following is a proven way of life that brings joy. You have a lot of people here who will testify that following Jesus is a life of joy. Would you listen to us? You'll find other believers who will testify and claim and if you go to college or you go away and you don't come to church here you need to get in church somewhere where they're proclaiming the lord jesus as the savior and the one who can uh, set us free and give us life because you need to hear that all the time because there are people in your life that want to get in and they want to take the keys from you and they want to take you barreling down that road towards the crash and burn there's a wreck coming they're not paying attention They're on their phones, they're probably high or they're drunk and they're driving too fast and you're just in the car with them and you don't sometimes like, I don't want to be in this, I don't want to be here, but they're my friends, what am I going to do? Make a choice. Drive the car yourself and make sure that you're going down the path, the way, the truth and life of Christ. Because the Bible does promise us in John 15 that there is joy in success in following the Lord. It's all about whether or not we are uh, connected to Jesus. And uh, since our time is short here, I want you to read John 15, 1 through 8, where it talks about how we need to remain in him. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. There's joy. God wants you to be a success. Here's the thing I don't think kids understand is that he has blessed you and trained you and taught you a lot of different things so that you can be successful. Most importantly, he's put Jesus in your heart so that you can succeed at whatever you want to do. There's joy in success if we remain in Jesus. Statistics show us, though, that most young people, they don't. Within the first three or four years after uh, high school, most young people your age, uh, if you're zillennials now, I think, most of those will, will never go to church again. How can you remain in Christ, stay in him, and not be a part of his family, not be a part of his body? What you're doing is you're getting in the car with someone who is reckless, and they're going to, do, uh, they're going to drive you right into trouble. Don't let them do that. That means we have to sacrifice our own lives. That's where joy is. Jesus says in John 15 that we need to lay down our lives for others. I've called you friends for everything that I've learned. My father made known to you. I made known to or made known to me. I've made known to you. He says no greater love does anyone have than this than one lay down his life for his friends. This means you need to sacrifice some of the things that will take you in the wrong way. 
and then lay that down so that you can really save your friends, help them and encourage them, serve them. And then that's the next part. There's joy in service to them. It's not easy to serve the others, but that's what God calls us to do is to serve one another. We talked about at Easter, the command that we have. We know the world's going to hate us when we try to help them with Jesus, but we just got to keep working at it. And young people, you need to know this. You need to be open and focused that when you go out in the world and you try to live for Christ, the world's going to hate you. Not because they hate you, they hate him. They resent him. They don't want his help because they know what he's asking them to do, just as you do. But we're not greater than the master. And just like he came to this earth and he laid down his life in service to teach and to train and always do the right thing, that's what you need to do with your friends. Teach them, train them, always do the right thing around them. And trust that God will use that to bless them because you are sanctified. And that's the last part of the joy we have, and that's in sanctification. Because when the advocate comes, the spirit of truth will be with us, he says. He says, I say these things while I'm still in the world so that you may have the full measure of my joy within you. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world any more than I'm of this world. And there's a clue here for us in the way and truth and life is that our wisdom is from above. It is not found here on this earth. That's where your friends are going to try to take you, but they are reckless. And if you get in the car with them, a crash is coming. Trust me. Now, in May of this year, we laid out the steps that, to follow Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. We just wrapped up our five things series. And I know sometimes it might not seem in it like these things mean sense uh, when you're here from one week to the other, especially if you miss one week or another. But there is a uh, there's a thousand foot view of all these sermons and they're all thematic and they all fit together. And I see them and I hope you can see them as well. But this is one way to kind of see that as we review. In the five things, we explored the steps of hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, being baptized, because that's how we follow the way, the truth, and the life initially. Now, I believe some of our graduates have made that decision here. I've got some pictures I want to show you. Let's show the first one, Alan. Does anybody recognize this guy? How old were you there, Micah? Seven. Seven years old. All right, let's look at the next one. Oh, Cole, do you remember how old you were here? Nine? Okay. And there's Lois there in the background. Okay, let's look at the next one. And there's Cameron. And I don't know who that other guy is, but that's Cameron. How old were you, Cameron? You know? Ten? Okay. Now, the amazing thing is we videotaped Cameron's baptism, and I remember on our way back from a trip from Oklahoma, Isabella, she sat and watched that baptism over and over and over and over again. You may not have known that. And she knows Jack because of that. That's Jack. <laughs> well, we're thankful that we've had a chance to try to, you know, be a part of that for, for, for some of you. And for the others, we've done our best to try to teach you and help you and encourage you to follow the way of the Lord Jesus. It's just a reminder to us all that we, when we make that commitment to Christ, we just need to follow through by making sure that we're picking the wise path. 
and that we're promoting the right principles powered by the wonderful promise of the Lord Jesus. Why truth life? Now, I know his old pastor Mike up here, he's 60 years old, he's ancient. You know, what does he know? Well, let me just say, because of what God has taught me and what I've learned through experience and through the years, I know a lot. I've seen a lot. And I can say this for sure about you graduates. The next few months mean a lot in terms of the next 20 years of your life. Now, I'm not trying to put any pressure on you because I'm giving you the way, the truth, and the life to get started right and to stay on that right path so that down the road you don't have to grind yourself out of some rut you're in or ask people who are tired already to try to drag you out of it. And so you don't let people run you over and because of what you believe. So you don't hop in a car with someone who's reckless and they're driving to their death. Jesus makes it easy. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes with the Father except through me. So make sure you're following Jesus. He'll get you safely home. And maybe 40 years from now, you'll be back here and you'll remember what we talked about here and you can share with some graduates then, if we still have high school, what it means to walk in the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Father, we're very grateful for your blessings today. We ask, Lord, that you would um, be with these graduates that are here and those that we watered as well in the bulletin and that can be with us today. They're so young. They got their life ahead of them. But pretty soon, 20 years will be passed. Maybe they could ask some of those 40, close to 40-year-olds right now, how 20 years ago we were right here in the same place handing them a gift and them a card and what their life's been since, like since then. It goes so quickly, but Lord, the direction that we choose early on makes all the difference in the world. So I pray for Micah and I pray for Cole and I pray for Ryan and I pray for Cameron and Raymond today. And I ask, Lord, that they might have clear eyes, pure heart, as they move forward following you. And may this lesson mean something to them for the rest of their lives. And may their families and those who are with us here always be encouraging to them, to bless them, to watch over them, to get them where they need to be. And we may, we just ask, Lord, that you bless this church, bless all of us, those of us who maybe have made poor decisions and we're kind of at this point in our life where we do need to be winched out. We need to ask for help. Let us know that it's never too late for Jesus to save us, to heal us, to get us home. We just need to start doing the work of following him. Lord, bless us to this end. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Let all God's people say, 